You're listening to The Marn Report. Well, hey, hey, Fort Stewart, Hunter Army Airfield, this is Molly coming at you again with another awesome episode of the Marn Report podcast. Today I'm here with my friends Kara and Jay, and they are going to talk to us all about the upcoming Patriot Day 5K and 10K run. First of all, thank you guys so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having us. Um, I have to just, I'm just going to go ahead and say this in the beginning. This is always one of my most favorite podcasts to do. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if it's, maybe it was my formative years coming up and, you know, really understanding what was happening in the world when 9-11 happened. But I just truly appreciate you guys coming on the show year in and year out to discuss this one of the coolest events that Stuart and Hunter hosts for our soldiers and family members in our military community. Um, and also, uh, you know, the opportunity that we have to talk with some of our first responders um, from the installation to, to hear their stories and, you know, how 9-11 affected them. Um, it's just very, very cool. So again, thank you both so much for always doing this for our community. It is our favorite part of planning this event. <laughs> no doubt. It, yep, no doubt. So um, why don't you guys go ahead and tell me, I think the event is a little bit different than it ever has been in the past, right? Yes, yeah, so I'll take this one. This year is a completely different event than anyone's ever seen. So we are actually moving this event off the installation into downtown Savannah. Wow. So huge change from what we normally have. Um, we are going to have this event. We'll span over two days. Friday evening, we're going to do a packet pickup event with food trucks and beer sales and bounce houses and stack displays from all over different military installations around here, not just here at Fort Stewart. Wow. Um, and then the next morning, we'll kick off the run in the morning with the Golden Knights jumping in and then kicking off the race throughout downtown Savannah and ending back in Forsyth Park. That's incredible. I'm excited. <laughs> so why why the change this year from ha hosting it a couple days? You're actually hosting it at each installation at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, what made well, you What made you decide to go downtown? It's kind of a natural progression, you know. Yeah. We every year, Karen and I and her team and my team, we we're always having to jump back and forth from Fort Stewart and Hunter, Fort yeah. Stewart Hunter, and we we plan them where they're back to back one day after another. This is just kind of the natural progression where we can get it all knocked out, put all of our, uh, you know, chips into one pot, and also bring in the community, you know, because they're a part of this just as much as we are. Sure. So, and it, it's good relations with our Savannah partners and the surrounding community there. You know, this event has the, has the uh, capability to really force multiply into a, national national event you know or nation nationwide type uh news coverage and things like that yeah which all points back to the solidarity we had on that day you know so long ago so when we formulated this idea many years ago and we started putting our thoughts into it and just kind of making it up as we went um yeah like i said this just becomes the natural you know progression of that uh event I think it's so cool. So, you know, before with the run events, um, it was really just DOD ID card holders, right? Anybody who could get on the installation since that's where they were hosted. Um, is this open to the community? Yes. So with it being hosted in Foresight, as Jay talked about, we, we want to bring the local community in. So 
while it is obviously we're really focusing on our installation ensuring that our soldiers and our families know that this is a great event we're putting on for them as well we are putting it on for the community so it is open to anybody at all um, you don't even have to live in savannah you want to make a fun weekend out of it hang out in savannah this is a perfect way to kind of recap all of that um, that weekend there's so many other great things to do in savannah the city of savannah has been an amazing partner to us throughout yeah. this whole process so they're also planning other activities that weekend that will continue with our theme uh patriotism of, of being united and things of that um so there's gonna be a so many things to do afterwards. Um, obviously, we want to ensure we are focused on showing our support for our first responders and our active duty military, which is why when you are signed up for this race, it is free for your active duty or first responder. And that does not just mean a first responder on our installation, any first responder. Um, we want to make sure that you are being recognized. Um, and by that, for us, we're giving you free access to this race, which still comes with some cool swag. Um, and then there is different tiered levels of cost based on if you're an ID card holder or if you're not an ID card holder. Um, but we, we want to ensure that everyone's coming out to supporting together. Sure. So um, how about, say, somebody's just in, they find themselves in Savannah. They have no idea that this run is happening. And then all of a sudden there's a run and they want to do it. Can people show up? I mean, obviously you want to encourage people to sign up ahead of time, but you know, for those, those random people that, you know, might just be like, Hey, I want to do that. Yeah. They can show up and I think we'd be completely going against our theme of being united if yeah. we turn them away. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So absolutely. Obviously it is much better if you sign up well in advance. If you sign up on our normal deadline, which would be 31 August, then we guarantee you a shirt. Sure. Anytime after that, I can't guarantee I'm going to have enough to support the shirts in the correct sizes. Yeah. So you do run the risk of not being guaranteed that shirt on day up. But we have sign-ups on Friday night during packet pickup. Yeah. And we will also open up sign-ups from 6.30 to 7.30 the morning of the race. Cool. For our very last-minute people that just kind of be walking through Forsyth and decide, hey, I want to run a race today. Cool. So last-minute sign-ups, not guaranteed the swag. Not guaranteed. But guaranteed a good time. Correct. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so is there anything else that you guys would like to add that maybe the community doesn't know about? Yeah. So I think some of the big things that we want to make sure that they know is the Friday night event is going to be open to anybody. Even if you decide you don't want to run the race the next day, 5Ks aren't your thing. I get it. They're not mine either. Um, we're still, it's open to everyone. It's in Forsyth Park. We're going to have the third ID band out there playing. We have um, some really cool military displays coming from all over this area. Yeah. Um, a lot of vendors and sponsors and just things out there. It would just be a really, really fun night. And that's from 6 to 10 on Friday. Cool. Then the next morning, again, if you're not into running, I still have things for you. We are looking for people to come volunteer. Um, and we're really just looking for people just to come and cheer, cheer them on. It's going to be a great event. A lot of people out there. And it would be be really cool as they're running down some of these squares in savannah just have people cheering them on and encouraging them to keep going especially towards that end that's a lot of that's a lot of running i don't want to do it yeah yeah um, i'm in that same boat with you Kara. yeah <laughs> but yeah. you're exactly right yeah so you guys even if you don't want to run come out and support and have a good time um you know because it's a great cause yes um all right jay do you have anything else that you want to add yeah, uh, just for the first responders out there that are thinking about uh, doing the walk in their gear and things like that, that's usually kind of how we do it. Um, one of the things we've done this year is we've kind of taken that into account, and uh, Kara and her team have set it up, the race up, to where 
all of the firefighters are going to start actually about 30 minutes early mm -hmm. and we're going to all walk in solidarity yeah and you know which will be really cool because we should finish somewhat together if we're leaving 30 minutes early on that 5k course um and then when we're finishing you know plus it's going to push them that that extra you know little bit uh because that gear's heavy and that's yeah. the whole point like we when we're out there in our gear it's not fun it, it's but you kind of have it in the back of your mind of why you're doing it sure and then having people coming by you it's gonna it's gonna motivate them when they they're catching up to the yeah. firefighters there and and then at the end it's just gonna make that real good photo opportunity and everybody's gonna really feel it the emotions are gonna get high right yeah. there at the end so let me ask uh, you yeah. are you is the bell are you bringing the bell does everybody get to ring the bell we're gonna bring the bell. <laughs> just checking because that's also a really special moment but we got to be very careful we don't want to damage the bell. the bell right yeah. Yeah. yeah limit the bell we're gonna limit the bell okay yeah. all right but the it bell probably will be, will be for the firefighters yeah. to ring sure. only because sure. they understand the uh significance the significance behind it and they also understand that you can't just slam the bell and and, and, you have and to damage be gentle it. Yeah. with the well, it's it's yeah. really it's a remembrance right. bell, you right. know. So yeah. you don't want to get up there and, and, <laughs> and just trash it, boom. Yeah, know? right. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I know um, everybody. We're going to take a break here in a second, so we can actually hear from some of our fire inspectors from the uh, Port Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield Fire Emergency Services team. But before we go. Kara. Yes, ma'am. I would like to know just briefly, what is what does 9-11 mean to you? So I think over the years it's it's morphed um, and doing this race has also changed a lot of it. Sure. I think every year this race grows and grows and it it brings you back to that emotion that you felt when it first happened. Um, I think we can all say we're a little guilty of every year kind of lessening the emotion of sure. it. Um, and this event brings it back up and you get to have a little bit of that sentiment sentimentality of, you know, what it's like to be like we were during that time and how we were all very united. And then you see how that unity still works to this day where DES and MWR morphed into one team. Sure. Now we're bringing the city of Savannah into it. So each year our team just gets bigger and bigger and we're all here for the same mission, which is just supporting our nation, supporting our first responders and giving them the dedication, the, and uh, the, just the, the shine that they need, that we need to show people what a great job they do, not just on September 11th, but all, all the, time. the time. Yep. Um, and it's really great to be able to give back and to be able to do that. I love it. That's great. What about you, Jay? Well, it's just like the, uh, the saying back in 2011, you know, never forget. And I think, you know, to piggyback on what Kara's saying, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're not forgetting. And that's the whole point. So uh, for me also, it's, it's just morphed. It's gotten better, bigger and, and better every year. Yeah. And I'm just really proud of our team, uh, the entire garrison coming together. We have some support all the way from the senior mission commander all the way down to the, the soldier that's been here for a month. And uh, that is, you know, Team Fort Stewart and, and Hunter Army Airfield. Yeah, it's a good feeling. You guys should be very proud. It's yeah, just again, thank you both so much for um, helping plan this amazing event. I cannot wait to see 
how amazing it's going to be. Um, and that would be it for this portion of the Marn Report. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will hear from some of our incredible fire inspectors. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. The installation's warning siren, also known as the installation giant voice, is tested on both Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield on the last Thursday of every month. These monthly tests ensure that the sirens are working properly and that the public is aware of the sound of the sirens in the event of an actual emergency. During the test, the sirens will sound for up to three minutes. If you hear them, don't be alarmed. This is just another way our community works to ensure our emergency response capabilities are ready when we need them. All right, everybody, we are back, and I am now joined by my two friends, Trey Sanders and Larry Hodges. They are both fire inspectors for Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield Fire Emergency Services. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast with me today. You're welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Awesome. So before we um, kick off with talking to you guys, why don't you both take a second to just tell me a little bit about what you guys do in your positions now here on the garrison. Okay, um, my name is Larry Hodges. I just recently got promoted up to the uh, battalion chief level, which is basically the lead um, fire inspector um, out at Hunter. And uh, primary duties is taking care of all the new projects that's coming up, the buildings, uh, the, the plan reviews, and then helping uh, these guys with whatever they may need with their daily inspections. If they got problems, they with the ER system, how they input no more questions about it, they would just come to me and ask me about it. So been into been here at Hunter and Stewart since 2019, 30 years in the fire service, and the story goes on <laughs> for another day. Awesome. Well, hey, congratulations on Thank that you. promotion. What about you, Trey? Oh, well, uh, I'm an inspector here. I'm also a firefighter and uh, right now I'm training to be a crew leader. Cool. Yeah, over time. Uh, that's pretty much what the captains do. Well, yeah, I started here at Fort Stewart, I think it was 2015. And since I've been here, I've been a firefighter. And just in February, I became an inspector. Uh, so I teach classes, uh, hot works permits, when people doing hot works, welding, and things like that. Yeah. And then we have uh, also a facility warden, fire warden course. Sure. And I teach that course. And nice. also, you know, help out my buddies here, my fellow inspectors and firefighters, if they need anything as far as help with you know, teaching classes or just want to know something. So That's awesome. So we all explore together. Yeah, so you're like a jack of all trades. I try. What to I'm hearing is that you could pretty much do anything. I, I try to learn anything. <laughs> hey. hey, that's great. That's a good way to Absolutely. be. All right, so this part of the podcast I do every single year, uh, and we always try to pull some of our friends um, from y'all's division to kind of talk about 9-11 where you guys were um, when that event took place and, oh, yeah. you know, did it shape your, you know, career decisions at all or your lives at all? Um, and just, you know, from a first responder's perspective, I just always really love hearing y'all's stories because they're so moving and unique. So mm. um, I'm going to let you guys decide who wants to start first. That's a pretty loaded question, right? I'm holding the mic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. taller, so, you yeah. know. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Looking, but, uh, <laughs> got me there. <laughs> All right, Trey. So tell me, where were you um, when you first heard about 9-11? Okay, I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised. Okay. I left to join the military when I was 17. So at this point, I had just exited the military in 2000. 
was married at the time to a soldier, and she was living in Germany, so I went over as a dependent. Sure. And I, was in, uh, I wasn't in school. I wasn't really working. I was just a dependent, living at home, enjoying Germany. So <laughs> I was sleeping off some alcohol, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I uh, woke up. The TV was on, and I thought it was a new movie. Sure. I seen the World Trade Center get hit, and I was like, wow, I've never seen this movie before. So I was just clearing my eyes, and then come to find out it was a news report, and then I seen the second yeah. plane hit the tower. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, my first re- reflex was to call my wife. Where are you, and do you see what's going on? And she said, yeah, they sent everybody home, and, you know, you know everything that followed from that point on. But then I called home. was like, hey, where you guys at, you know? Because I had just come over to Germany. Yeah. I had been there maybe for a month. So um, I had put in for job interviews at the towers. Yeah. You know, so it was like, whoa. Whoa. Glad I didn't get that job in a sense, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it was a bittersweet thing because he started to watch the footage of the reality. Yeah. You know, and it was like, whoa, those are New Yorkers, you know. Is any of my family there? Any of my friends there? Mm -hmm. So once I got clarification, it took days to pretty much get a tab on everyone. Yeah. And where they were and where they were not. But, uh. It started to unfold, and it just got worse and worse and worse. Uh, so as far as how it influenced me to, to, to go into emergency services, I went back into the military active. Awesome. Um, uh, in the Guard, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, pretty much with deployments and stuff like that. Yeah. But as far as emergency services, I always wanted to be a firefighter. To see what the people were going through, it gave me an idea of just a level of commitment, you know, and of the lives as firefighters, emergency services. And I'm like, wow, I've wanted to understand just the, the, the cost of the brotherhood to be a part of it you sure. know, to that level. Sure. And then uh, I had an opportunity to be a firefighter for Savannah and I worked in Savannah for a couple of years and then got deployed from <laughs> working as a firefighter. But uh, while I was at Savannah, they kind of, they pour it in you and they drill you and they pretty much let you understand the value of the core, you know, so, uh, Taking that, and then after deployment, I got hurt on deployment, and then came back here to the uh, to win. Wow! And yeah, and Savannah said, "Well, you hurt, so you know you can't do this job anymore." You know, I proved to him I could do it, but you know it is what it is. Sure. So, fire chief that was here at the time, he seen me at the chow hall, and I just you know I like talking to people. So <laughs> I said, "Hey, I'm a firefighter too." And he explained that uh, maybe I could train with the guys, and so I started training with him just to keep my skill set up. And then after meeting everyone, and it was like. Well, why don't you start working with us? I'm like, well, I don't know if I can. So the chief sat me down. He said, let me see your certs. He helped me get everything reciprocated to the Department of Defense, and they put me in some classes here. So when I got out of the military in 2014, he's like, uh, wait around and uh, keep putting in for the job. So I put in for it, and they called me, you know, and that was uh, April of 2015. So, And ever since I've been here, I've been giving it 200%. Yeah. So. You proved everybody wrong, right? Absolutely. What a great story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And every, all of your family, your friends, everyone was okay, right? You've got tabs on them? Yeah, everybody was okay. Everybody Good. was okay. So it's New York, so like I said, it took a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everybody was okay. Nobody that I know yeah. was personally you know, involved. Right, so. right. Well, wow, that hit really close to home to you. I can only imagine what you were feeling. And also being, like, not in the same country had to be so frustrating for you, you know, to not yeah. be able to just get to your people, you know? Yeah. So and then the time difference. And yeah. Then, you know. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, just your story, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you reenlisted, right? Right. Is that what you did? You, yeah. you know, and, and you deployed and here you are. And we're so happy to have you here on our team. Oh, thanks for saying that, Molly. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, well, what about you, Larry? Here you go, Hansel. 
<laughs> Thank you, big guy. Not sure my story measured up quite as much. May not be as exciting. But uh, I come from a small town, you know. And growing up <clears throat> on that small town, it was family. Family tradition to take care of one another, take care of the community. So that was instilled in me at a very young age. Um, brothers, sisters, we all did the work on the farm. We took care of one another and took care of what needed to be done with our neighbors. So in my family, we've got three generations of vets that have served in almost every major conflict the U.S. has been in. And so as part of my duty as the oldest child to join the military. And I did. And um, my first thoughts when I talked to the counselor at school was, uh, you know, what can I do to help my community? Right, because this is instilled in me. Sure. And uh, the, one of the first things that popped up was to become a medic. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So I became a combat medic in the service for six years and with one deployment. And um, and it was what I dreamed of. It was what I wanted to do. You know, I'm here helping people, you know, when they needed help. And that was pretty much my inner being. Um, after serving in the military and getting out of the military, I still had that inner passion to, to help people. And I bounced around a few different jobs until I found a job up in Alaska um, back as an EMT. And this company paid for my, to get me recertified again. And uh, I started serving again as an EMT, got involved with the volunteer fire department. I'd never, I went to the fire department just to give my services as a medic. And turned out I learned some firefighting skills. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And uh, so I became a firefighter, and this was volunteering again with the community, helping my community out the best I could, you know. And uh, from there, fast forward a little bit, I got into the DOD system, mm -hmm. and I became full-time firefighter with my medic stuff kind of on the back side of it, you know. And uh, that's when I started realizing that the term what a public servant really means, you sure. know. And even going through um, my first marriage after I, I was um, that didn't work out, getting back involved in the church and getting involved with uh, learning Jesus again and Christ, knowing that he is the ultimate servant. He's the sure. one that paid the price for all of us to be here today to talk about this. And why is this relevant? Because it's the same that those guys that went into the towers on 9-11 had that servitude heart to serve, to save another man, woman, child that they didn't even know. Sure. You know, they went in there knowing that they may not come out if you read some of the accounts from 9-11, they knew from the onset that they were going to lose some guys. Yeah. And they never hesitated. They went in. Where was I at when all this happened? I was up in Alaska moose hunting at a moose <laughs> camp. We did this every year for about two to three weeks. And it's uh, Alaska. So it's bush planes. They fly sure. everywhere, right? And um, we were out in the bush, and it was quiet. What is going on? This is like, you don't hear any planes flying around. Because sure. normally it's moose season, people flying back and forth, dropping people off, picking people up. And my, the pilot got on the radio and started listening, and that was when no flying was allowed. Everything was shut down. Right. We had to stay out there for an extended period of time because there was no flying at wow. all allowed. And I was like, what? I, I, so I didn't have the – we didn't know what was going on. We kind of right. heard. So about four or five days later, I come back into the, back into the house – Turn on the news, and then that's when it hit me, seeing the footage, because by then the news outlets had time to really cut and paste and put sure. everything where they wanted to. Seeing individuals falling, seeing the, the, the ground crew, the, the ash, the, the apparatuses being tore up, it mm -hmm. just, I was mad. Sure. I, I mean, I think uh, as a vet already being out, I immediately wanted to join up again. I mean, 
there were so many people that just were pissed off, to be sure. honest, and wanted to go there and, and wreak vengeance on this with not even knowing. All we knew is that somebody hit our towers, hit our, our soul, yeah. our soil, and we were going to go back and make somebody pay. And as we know now, this turned out a 20-plus-year war that there was all kind of other indications and conspiracies and stuff that go in behind it. But what doesn't change out of all those conspiracies are those guys on 9-11 that went into that building. That would never change. It would never take away what they did. So when we say remember 9-11, I've participated in several stair climbs, uh, Patriot Day runs, um, 9-11 events, and it's always about the memorial. So when you talk about the Patriot Day run that we have coming up, it's going to be huge. Yeah. I was at the Veteran Council's meeting this past week, and we were talking about there, Mr. Mitchell, um, retired Sergeant Major, was talking about it, and all the stuff that you guys got going into it this year is amazing. Yeah. But the one thing that I stress, and the most important importance, is to remember. When you see the name and the picture of an individual as you're walking the course or running the course, take a minute to reflect on that and remember him, honor him, say his name out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, take a moment to reflect on that. That's what this is about. It's not about a race. It's not about Army recruitment. It's not about going out and having a great time. It's right. to honor the men and women that sacrificed that day and yeah. paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so that's why I did. You asked me where I was, what I did, how it affected me. It deeply affects me. And I, I'll always carry that with me. And I'll always do what I can to help people remember that. The um, I'm also a chapter um, president of Team RWB, which is a nonprofit um, veteran-run organization. It's Team Red, White, and Blue, RWB. Mm -hmm. And we are constantly out in the fields every week helping our homeless veterans, helping our needed veterans. This past week, I, we uh, demoed a um, ramp. Listen to me, when I tell you this ramp, this guy could not get out of his house. There was a plank, like on a pirate ship, that went from the where the ramp started to where his porch was, and it was literally maybe six inches wide. That's what they had to try to walk across. He was wheelchair um, bound. He couldn't get out. Oh my gosh. So we get this all the time. We get things that replace windows, ramps, doors, whatever we need to do to help our the, the veterans that are in need. Sure. Um, we do this. We went out there for nine hours, rebuilt this certified ADA ramp where if he needed EMS treatment, they the ambulance could roll a gurney up to him now and get him out. You know, so it's little things like that. Again, it's a servitude heart that I have, and I try to share that with people. So through the RWB, with my multiple outlets, events, and things that we have going on, we constantly honor our hero wads, you know, doing activities, rucks, runs, push-ups, burpees, whatever it is. Um, we get together and we do walks, runs, social events for uh, painting. We have a, there's another organization in town called um, Team Savannah for Veterans. Mm -hmm. They, coming up September 30th, I believe, they have it, it's called Paint the Stigma. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. So it's PTSD, right? They do it two yeah. times a year. And maybe it's October. Don't quote me on okay. this. <laughs> it may be October, but it's uh, one's PTSD month and one's uh, suicide awareness. And I think October suicide awareness. Yes. So we're doing it the second, our second event, where we go out over here off of Geechee Road yeah. to the paintball fields over there. And it's like maybe 30 bucks you pay and you go out there and you just have fun shooting paintballs at one another. We um, talk to one another. Um, we promote that awareness. But we saw these, these are veteran-run organizations. There's a lot more. Fight the War Within hosts charity balls every sure. year honoring their, uh, the first responders that have passed sure. away. 
Again, uh, I'm long-winded. I talk a lot, <laughs> but the uh, the point being, um, with your run and the 9/11 is honoring these individuals and trying to continue their legacy and, and never forget. Really means never forgetting. It's not just another day of having fun. Right. It's not just words. Yes. You know, and I mean, especially like it's blows my mind. I you know I was talking to somebody the other day about the fact that there are kids. I mean, like there are adults <laughs> that are serving on this installation right now that were not alive for 9-11 like you cannot walk up to them and say um where were you how, how did that make you feel they're learning about it through us yeah. you know through school and their history you know through the history lessons but um and i think that adds an extra layer onto the importance of you know keeping this memory alive right because it i mean yes like it was just such a immensely moving terrible day that awoken a spirit inside of all Americans, you know, that I think was in the process of being lost. Um, and it, it really sucked that it took something so terrible to, to kind of pull it all back together. And it really did change the course of our whole entire lives, you know? Um, and I am just so grateful to you guys and to, you know, your teammates that are, you know, all part of the fire emergency services crews on Stewart and Hunter. Um, well, Molly, let me add this to yeah. you since you brought this up. Um, there are a lot of kids out there that wasn't alive when this happened. So to them, yeah. it's, it was something tragic, but they don't know. So you got to think about the generation before us. What was the major event in that time? Pearl Harbor. Right. right. Were you alive during Pearl Harbor? I was not. No, neither was I. Yeah. But your grandfather, right, sure. he told you about it. They talked about it. So um, when we talk about honor and not only, you know, for this event that we're talking about, but when you talk about Pearl Harbor, you know, think about those guys said, never forget. Let right. this day live in infamy, you know, mm -hmm. um, President Kennedy, I believe. Oh, not Kennedy. Um, Eisenhower. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so they had a very strong passion. But how many people still feel this way about it? It's right. just another day in history. But these are also things to talk about. When you talk to an older, a younger generation or an older generation, these are how you can tie these things together to sure. bring back some of these feelings. Absolutely. Sure. Also, um, not just thinking about what we went through, but uh, and the, the first responders that, and the lives that were lost and the veterans whose lives that were lost. But there were family members. There were regular civilians right. that were in the towers and that lost family members. So. We also focus on public education. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what did we learn from that entire moment in history up till now? So 20 plus years. Okay, we have to edu educate the public better in certain areas, you know, not mm -hmm. just the, the training for the public, say, I mean, the public uh, servants and first responders and the soldiers. Sure. So that's one thing that I can say that we also continue to focus on here uh, is the fact that the public needs, you know, that attention as well. Yeah. So uh, what we do for the vet, what he does for the veterans, that takes a little strain off the veterans' family. Of course. You know. So yeah. It's 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 a lot of things that I can say that we we pay attention to on the surface, which is you know patriotism mm -hmm. and, and veterans. But behind those veterans, you know, sure. behind those uh, public service officials were families. And now right. I can say that we really learned how to include families in in the vision of how do we take care of the veteran. How do we support the public safety professional? So. Sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. Good point. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? 
I like how he, uh, when the country came together, yeah, uh, it was a real focus on togetherness and faith, mm-hmm. and like the the pretty much what the foundation of the country. It's like we went all the way back to the Constitution and said, mm-hmm. "All right, we're all equal right now. Let's right. focus on the real threat here, and it's not internal. Right now, it's external." So for a time, the country was so unified, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's bad that it has to take something of that magnitude to get everybody to focus on the reality of it. Like, right. you know, we're all here together. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't really care if I agree with you or not, but we're here together. Mm-hmm. And that, that brought people back to, to, to community. That brought sure. people back to church. Mm-hmm. That brought people back to their original faith. That brought friendships and families back together because right. now it's almost like aliens landed. Nobody sure. cares about the right. differences right now because they're completely different than us. Now right. n- Now our, our similarities are more important. Yeah, great yeah. point. That's the same thing I was thinking. The yeah. worst day in American history was September 11th, right? Yeah. The best day was September 12th. Yeah, September 12th. Because that is what Trevin's talking about, is that that's when we came together as a nation. Yeah. Doesn't matter color, code, age, race, anything. Doesn't matter. Everyone came together to help. Yeah. However they could help. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. And uh, when you're right, I mean, that went on for a little while, but then it kind of died off again. And it's sad that bad things like that have to happen for us to, right. to, to pull together. Yep. Okay, one more thing. <laughs> and, and that's what uh, I can say. Like, when you go into a church and you see people of like minds and like hearts, mm-hmm. they can pray together, they can worship together, and they have, you know, a great time. And you, and you see some people, you know, really get captivated and into it, in faith and spirituality. For public safety professionals, we have a common bond similar to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can bounce things off of him that you might be able to hear him like, oh, my God, but he will understand the right. underlying sure. emotion that comes with it because he's seen something similar. He's been in a similar situation. So earlier, before all of the podcast started, he said we're a fraternity. It's similar to the fraternity of faith-based religions where sure. you see people who can read the Word of God and say, I understand it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not that to that effect and that gravity, but we can say things to each other that we can't say to civilians right? because it's part of the fraternity. It's we your get common that. bond. You yeah, know? and having situations where we got to respond in kind, like the World Trade Center sure. bombing, that's another common bond that we share. So we all will have the same push. Like, right. I know his specialty is, I know what his is, but we're all going in the same direction mm-hmm. for the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what being a part of this camp means to me. But I know we may have different views, different upbringings, but when we go through the same door, we all push into the same project through the same opening for the same goal. Yeah, all that other stuff just it melts, melts away. away. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I agree, man, 100%. What, everything he's talking about, our training that we go through together, when we made that push, you know, we train together. We have faith in one another. Mm-hmm. We know our confidence, our skill sets. We know that this is our task. This is what we're going to do. We decide we're going to get it done. And that's uh, when you go and talk about churches and, and, and different religions, it's faith. And the mm-hmm. whole def- the definition of faith is just believing in something that you don't even understand. Right. And America today doesn't understand that. They want questions answered. They want everything lined up black and white. They don't know. We've lost the faith-based principle. Right. And faith is believing in something that you don't understand. That That is the basic form of it. And uh, I think if we came back to that as a nation, we'd be a lot better off. Yeah, and just having more faith in each other, right? Uh, uh, faith faith is, is strong. You know, that's, I can honestly say, you know, loving the Word of God and how God teaches lessons, what we learn here, yeah. it kind of bounces off the Word of God in the Bible mm-hmm. because you have to walk in a, a house. You don't know if the floor is there. You know, sometimes because yeah. you can't see it, you know. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where you got to depend on a guy, you know, that's that's faith as well. 
But then we all sit and say a prayer before we go in there. Sure. They, they can say whatever they want, but I know <laughs> when you see a guy just before he goes in, he's quiet, he's to himself, he's praying. Sure. If he's in a, in a truck on the way, listening to the dispatch, when you freeze, you look at him, he's praying. You know, because that was something that is synonymous with what we do, the servitude, you know. So I love it, you know, and my mom's proud of me, my family <laughs> loves it. So it's nothing that I can really do uh, that can uh, trump what I'm into now, you know, sure. other than, you know, taking care of the family at a higher level. So, uh, yeah, I love what I do. You know, this is one of the things that they say, if you can do it for free, you found your passion. And this is something yeah, I, just I can definitely do it for free. I was like, man, I don't think I've worked a day in my life since I've had this job. Because yeah. I've enjoyed my job every day that I've absolutely. been here. I, absolutely. There's been some up and downs, but I, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life. It's been a, yeah. a great ride. Just to tag in one more time, I know we're getting long-winded and talking a lot of stuff, but being the faith and the firefighters, right, mm-hmm. in religion, the, our symbol, right, that, that Maltese cross, cross mm-hmm. that, that was – you know, part of the religion, you know, the crusaders that were going in. And so it's it's built into our our brotherhood all the way down. There's a long line of it. And Greek fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got one more time? You got any other questions? <laughs> yeah, I, got no. I've, I've, I've honestly, that? I've loved this conversation with you guys so much. And really, it made me think about just the chain reaction of how, like, you know, 9-11 was just the beginning. But, like, you even look at Warrior's Walk, mm-hmm. right? None of those trees would be there had it not been for 9-11, right? Um, And you guys served our country. You know, you, but before 9-11, correct? You just, you know, Trey, you decided to, to, it was still, you still had some fight in you. Yeah. And what I love about it is you both still have fight in you Mm. by being part of this brotherhood of firefighters, you know, like you're still going and it's so incredibly admirable. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I mean, you look at those little children's books of like the people in the town that you can't be in the town without these people. And you guys, your profession is there, right? Like, um, firefighting is not just about saving the kitten from the tree. Yeah. So that's a very cute thought, <laughs> you know, like it's so much deeper than that. And um, I think I can speak for everyone, you know, yeah. when I say that we are just I'm just in awe of you guys. I'm just so appreciative, um, you know, that you guys love what you do so much and just are, are willing to lay it all down, you know, for us. Mm-hmm. It really means something. So thank you both so much. It's not a it's not a decision, honestly. Yeah. To be honest with you, the the weird thing about training, and this is part of my push for community training, if you don't have it in there, you can't pull it out. Mm -hmm. Sure. So when we train, it's it's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my reasoning to explain when you can see an EMT go look at somebody who's in really bad shape and not freak out. Right. You know, how we can look at a burning building and figure different ways in versus everybody. Like, it's too hot. We're like, yeah, we know. We're still going in. <laughs> yeah. But it's a part of it. We don't consider us. We consider the people we leave behind. Sure. And that's pretty much synonymous from every soldier and firefighter that I've really talked to on a real level. We worry about the people that will be without us before yeah. we worry about ourselves. And that's just part of what we are. So when people say, oh, you, you, you're not afraid? I'm like, if I didn't have this gear on, I'm not going in there. Right. But I also have the gear and the training and the knowledge and understanding. So it's like, okay, I'm cool. Yeah. You know? True selfless service. And for me, that's what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, thank you guys both so much for being on the podcast with me today. I just, like I said, this is just always my most favorite. Mm-hmm. 
part of any podcast all year round is to sit down and get real with you guys, you know, because I know this truly does mean so much to you guys and so moving um, to just hear you guys talk about how much you love your professions and it really shows every single day and what you guys do. So um, you oh, have something to say? I was just thinking, like? yeah, real quick, if anybody um, wanted to get in touch with me um, in regards to you can help veterans sure. out in the community, I can give you my uh, personal cell number yeah. out and uh, th- that is 864-992-3447 and uh, you can just call it, leave a text, whatever, leave a name and a number I can get back to you and I'll get you all the information that you need to um, help, you know, do do what you want to do. That's awesome. Thank you, Larry. Mm-hmm. And then what if anybody's interested in the classes that you guys offer? How do they go about um, getting in touch with you guys to do something like that? Is that something that you only do for units or FRGs or? Well, we, we do them pretty much for anyone okay. who's on base or hunter or Fort Stewart sure. or in the area. And we have uh, facility warden, fire warden classes every third Thursday of the month. Just show up the building 1851 on Fort Stewart and you'll be included. Cool. Zero nine hundred. Uh, we have hot works classes that we do for contractors on base. But we also, uh, we're trying to get back into doing CPR classes, and I've pretty much tethered a, a class just oriented to the community so we can uh, uh, have some of the spouses and yeah. civilians that work on base for their own families, just for the knowledge sure. portion. If you don't get certified, at least get the knowledge. Cause when, Absolutely. When grandma, auntie is on the floor, nobody cares about your certification. Absolutely, you know? I would so, agree. Yeah, uh, just uh, there's a Fort Stewart Fire Department webpage, uh, Facebook page. Yeah, uh, you can look us up that way, or you can get in touch with Creep uh, here, yeah. and uh, he'll definitely. You know, I know your middle name, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you can get in touch with us many different ways, and just follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the same is true for Hunter. We have our uh, facility manager classes, fire warden classes, the third Thursday of every month. Sure. At, at nine o'clock, okay. and it's in uh, building six ten out there. Awesome. And same, we used to have it. I'm not sure if we're still following up on it, but on Facebook we would have those events inside the event calendar. Yeah. You would see what uh, facility manager classes, what uh, hot work classes, because they they're usually quarterly, and uh, or the unit safety officer classes are on there too. So that's yeah. another way of um, looking at it through Perfect. the Facebook page. Yeah, that's awesome. And. And uh, just for those of you guys who are wondering what that Facebook page is, it's Fort Stewart Hunter Army Airfield Fire Emergency Services. Uh, so please make sure that you guys, you give these guys a follow because they're always doing really neat stuff. They've got great, cool imagery that they're putting up there of all of their trainings. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good page that you guys should definitely follow to keep um, informed. Uh, well, you know what? That is going to be it for this week's edition of the Marn Report podcast. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. And you know what? We're going to talk at you again next time. Are you a civilian, spouse, or family member who is interested in working for the Army? Check out the Army Fellows Program. This two-year program allows you to experience the work environment of the Department of Defense while blending work assignments and developmental opportunities that will help you grow into an Army civilian professional with eligibility for permanent placement across the Army. For more information, visit portal.chra.army.org.